Hi, and welcome to Hack Your Brain Through Meditation. My name is Josh Bashinsky. I'm a TEDx talker. I've been meditating for over 30 years. I have a PhD, ABD in neuroscience, psychology, and philosophy. I've been doing martial arts for 30 years as well, and I have three black belts. I'd like to share with you all the secrets I've learned in these trials and tribulations of how to hack your brain through meditation. I've learned some very powerful brain hacks. Today, I'd like to show you my uh, cipher map. It is a map of all the different brain hacks that I've been able to find, and I'm trying to start to organize them in a way, in a uh, grand unified theory of uh, with some predictive value that hopefully will be more uh, applicable to scientific uh, experimentation uh, and affirming or denying the hypotheses contained therein. Let me show you what that looks like. So here we have the cipher map I was talking about, and it's not complete, but it's got a record of most of the brain hacks that I've come up with over the years. And my general prediction of when I use it and when people I teach it to use it, more or less if it's done correctly, and if it's applied correctly, and you sometimes have to apply multiple techniques at once, and sometimes you need to apply multiple techniques in kind of a combination to unlock the particular brain lock that you're having. But once those techniques are applied, the arrows kind of denote the general way that the emotions should be affected. And that is all pointing towards hopefully the best flux state you can get, which is joy, which is at the far right end of the Cartesian graph here. And so let's just take a quick look at this. I'm not going to go over all of them, but just so you understand what you're looking at. So this is low agitation. This is you're feeling low. This could even be more depressed. This is uh, feeling low in every sense of the word. And high in brackets means agitation levels. And the lower and higher you get on the agitation levels, it seems to me this provokes the limbic system to make an emotional judgment, for lack of a better word, an emotional decision. What is going on as far as the limbic system is concerned? Uh, some branches of psychology call this an appraisal. And so you're forcing the limbic system to and the emotional systems to come up with an appraisal of the goings-on. The fight, flight, or freeze appraisal is, is, is the classic one, is a very well-known one, but there are many, many others. There's barter or bargain, there's, there's doubt, denial, depression, there's all different kinds of one. All the emotions, emotional spectrums are a reaction to your limbic system making an appraisal. It is a proto-judgment. It's, it's like intelligence 1.0, whereas we have now human beings, um, the, the developed Adult ones have uh, intelligence 2.0, where we can conceptually represent the scenario and understand things on the conceptual representational level as opposed to just the emotional level. The emotions have no content. The emotions uh, get appraised for just because of simple biochemical reasons. A shadow falls over a frog on a leaf and it jumps. Not because it believes that the proposition that that shadow represented any danger is true, or it's not even trying to make that true, or even trying to understand it. Just because it literally, like a domino effect, those molecules bumped into other molecules and made it jump. So it's not like the the, the concepts that we have. But so this is the mind map, uh, kind of all the ciphers, and of this is, should be obvious enough. We have uh, unjoy or sadness, sorrow, all the way to joy here. So we have low in terms of uh, agitation levels. Uh, you know, in terms of uh, depression would be here because uh, it's both uh, things are bad and I'm feeling low. 
as opposed to things are bad and I'm agitated about it. So you can feel angry, you, you can feel hyper about it, you can feel nervous about it, or you can feel anxious. That's the worst high and the worst low as represented by the cipher map. And so those are the directions we want to get away from. And we want to move along these continuums towards joy. Uh, we don't want to get over here. We don't want to be too uh, pumped and excited all the time. That's not healthy for you, probably, having high blood pressure and all the physiological effects that come along with it. So it's kind of it's kind of the moderation that Aristotle was talking about. We kind of want to be in the middle. We kind of want to be balanced and soulful. And that's, that's part of the way and why I use the adjective soulful is that we kind of want to be uh, balanced in our emotional state and ready for anything and going with enjoying the ride, going with the ride and ready for anything in the ride and, and enjoying the ride. So today, uh, so I'm going to fill in more bits of this. Uh, I'm going to do more over time. I'm going to explain more of this. I've explained maybe 10% of this. I'm going to be explaining a lot more. I've, I've talked about uh, spin the clouds or like I like to call shred the clouds. I've talked about open the jar. I believe I've talked a little bit about wrong now, calm now, some self-hypnosis, bilateral stimulation. Uh, a little bit about choosing subconscious buy-in. I've talked about being pumped, the trick of uh, telling yourself you're pumped, you're excited, you're not nervous, you're not scared of the presentation you need to make. You're pumped to make this presentation. You're pumped to go on this job interview. It's going to be great. That is uh, some tricks I've gone over for sure, yawning uh, uh, and some other things. I've talked about the app uh, and uh, what comes out of the app, the techniques you learn from the app that you can take away from the app. You don't even need to use the app anymore at some point. I'm finding, and my wife is finding some tremendously very interesting techniques and things that are coming out of our our free meditation app. Although we still use it. I still use it. I go back to it probably weekly. Um, there's lots of other very good brain hacks here. So many. But today, just to keep the video short, folks, I want to focus on tune the radio. On tune the radio. Because it is the evolution of spin the clouds. So Tune the Radio is what I want to talk about today. Now, Tune the Radio, as I mentioned, is based off of Spin the Clouds. Spin the Clouds is a beautiful, ingenious Buddhist technique that some Buddhists thought up in some cave over three to 5,000 years ago. And it's the, uh, I'll go very quickly go over it. It has three steps. If you haven't practiced it, you should be practicing it. It's very important to practice. Um, go back to the first episode where I detail it in a little bit more detail and give you time to do it. But uh, spin the clouds is the first step is becoming mindful of your emotions, becoming mindful of your feelings, and just feeling where you're feeling them, noticing. A lot of therapists and psychologists put it that way. Notice. Notice what you're feeling. Notice where you're feeling it. And then once you become cognizant of everything you're feeling, all the pleasures and pains, all the uh, various samata, to use the vernacular, uh, whether emotional or however you want to describe them, whatever you're feeling, all the samata, and where you're feeling it, like right now I have a bit of a headache, I can feel it in my head, I can feel buzzing on the top of my head, um, I feel a little pain in my throat, I think maybe an infection is starting there, uh, don't worry, I'm probably fine, <laughs> it's, it's probably not COVID, I'm just, it's probably just allergies. Uh, uh, I can feel emotions bubbling here, a little bit of nervous energy because I'm doing what I love to do is this show and talking about philosophy and meditation, uh, and I'm pumped to do it, you see the trick, and uh I'm feeling, you know, my back hurts a little bit, does a bad chair, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Become mindful of everything you're feeling. Uh, my feet, I can feel the blood flowing through them because of the person I'm sitting down, it's at the bottom. It's quite amazing 
uh, once you start actually paying attention to how you feel, all the different feelings your body is always feeling. 99% of it is benign. 99.9% .9 of it is benign. And there's a good reason why you ignore it, because you don't need to pay attention to it. I'm not trying to make hypochondriacs. Uh, so I repeat, 99.9% .9 of it's benign. Don't worry about it. Just be like, oh, okay. You know, that's what you feel. You know, because you don't have a baseline. You don't have a baseline, right? You don't remember, you, you've never practiced this state when you were healthy, whatever that's supposed to mean, right? That's a, that's a term we could debate for a number of hours anyway, right? That is, right? So don't make the mistaken judgment that just because you're learning how to pay attention to your samadha, that now you need to worry about it. Like, was that, did I feel that pain in that liver before? Is it, does my liver always feel like this? One, you don't know it's your liver. Uh, you know, as my doctor has pointed out to me, the liver's here, not here. You know, she's yelled at me a number of times. So, so don't, don't become a hypochondriac. Uh, two, there's a lot of things you can't feel. And just because you're feeling a certain way doesn't mean you need to worry about it at all. So in training people to become more cognizant of their samadha, I want to make sure I'm not training you to be hypochondriac. So, and if you're worried, you do have to go to your doctor and you have to generally talk to them. You know, that's what they're, they're there for. But, but don't make the mistake and, uh, you know, just because you have a minor pain or a minor discomfort here or there doesn't mean anything important. And if you think it does and you can't stop talking about thinking about it, well, then, then you need to go see your doctor. Uh, because at the end of the day, uh, it doesn't matter. You are the determining factor. You are the diagnostic computer that determines what's going on with this. And if you think you need to go see a doctor, then go see a doctor. But just... Keep in mind that as I'm training people to pay more attention to the, their samadha, um, I don't want to I don't want to get you all out of whack and a little too nervous about this or that. So relax, relax. Uh, you know, don't make the judgment that suddenly maybe something's wrong because you have the tiniest, tiniest, tiniest discomfort in one part of your leg or something. So uh, pay attention to your samadha. Uh, don't freak out over your samadha. Pay attention to it. It's your friend. It's fine. It's your body. It's your friend. You're going to have it the whole time. Step one. Now, step two is you want to give your emotional content some movement. You want to give it some movement. You want to feel like it's moving, and it's different for everybody. For me, the perception, the internal perception of my emotions on this examination method is like a uh, uh, flying through a cave in four dimensions. So it's a lot like a video game, maybe like a like a 1990s uh, Sega Genesis kind of video game, but it, in four dimensions, not just a 2D scroller. So it's like, uh, you know, the waveforms you have on a, a piece of music that goes up and down when the voices go up or down. Turn that on its side so you're looking through it, and then give it another dimension so there's three dimensions, and then press play so it's moving and going up and down and, and larger and smaller. That's what it what, how I kind of perceive my emotions. And they're kind of like a piece of dough Mobius strip that's pouring into itself and moving around and, and kind of clustering like that. And that's how it feels, and it branches out with spikes, and it's kind of... That's how my emotions feel when I'm perceiving them. And I, I have multiple sensory examinations of these emotions when I'm when I'm doing spin the clouds, when I'm doing the second method just to come in touch with the movement of my emotions. And it's uh, it's very interesting what's happening in the brain when you're doing this. But so I feel my emotions swelling and moving, kind of like um, 
kind of like the liquid inside of a lava lamp, right? It bubbles and moves and swells and changes shape. And so when I spin the clouds, I do not perceive my emotions as a simple uh, galaxy, Milky Way-style galaxy spinning slowly that I just turn, stop, and turn in the other direction. I mean, I can feel that right now as I'm doing it. I feel it right now, right here, when I'm doing it. I'm practicing spin the clouds right now on that basic level as I'm talking to you. And the more I change it, the more I stop it from moving in the direction it wants to, the more I feel an effect, but then my brain, my brain, uh, my very, my very impressive brain stops that anti-hacking, uh, counters that anti-hacking uh, technique by being like, okay, this is the emotion now. Now we're a record scratching. Now we're like, now we're a DJ scratching the record and that's the emotion. Like a, like a washing machine or something. So then I need to break it this way. The opposite way to break the, 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 the first, I was on this plane, I was on the X plane. Now I need to go on the Y plane, right? And I need to break it in this direction. And that's why I like to use my hands and it's like tearing the dough. As you see, it works so much better for me when I start countering the, 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 the very dimension in which it's moving, not just the movement, the dimension in which it's moving. So I gave slash imagined slash made myself feel dimensionality of various kinds of dimensions, a third and then a fourth dimension of it moving. And then what I do is I break those dimensions. I shred the clouds. I tear the clouds. I stop that dimensionality from happening. I feel, imagine it from happening. And that's how we start to get control of that emotional process. If I'm exceedingly emotional, then I need to break exceeding dimensionality. I need to give it more dimensionality and break the dimensionality. That process of building it up and breaking it down, building up and breaking it down, controls the emotionality, homogenizes the emotionality, reduces the emotionality. That's the first step. That's spin slash tear slash shred the clouds. Uh, so it's, whatever works for you, something in there, it, you, you might not perceive it the same way I do. It's totally, it's totally subjective, right? It, you may not perceive it the same way I do. Maybe you perceive it differently. Maybe you have that simple Milky Way galaxy and then you connect your emotions to it and then you stop and move in the other direction. You should feel like a whoop when you do that. It depends on the emotions you're feeling. I recently did a lesson on a podcast uh, run by a very lovely young lady named Rachel Udy, uh, the practical realist. And um, I told her, I went through the whole process with her, and then when I said shred, shred the emotions, she scrunched her face up, and I thought, mm, uh-oh, that's not the right facial expression I want to see during this lesson. So then I asked her after what happened, and she said, well, it was a great lesson, Josh, and, and it worked for me, and it was, I, I fully was digging it and understanding it, but the problem is, is that I didn't want to shred my emotions. They were good emotions. They were positive emotions. And of course, sadly, me, in my always anxious, always slightly depressed, always slightly negative state, it never occurred to me that someone would be having good emotions during during anything that has to do with me, right? So, so that's that's kind of sad when you think about it, actually. So, so I thought, oh, of course. So I've got to be more mindful now. So if you're feeling good emotions, uh, and even after you've gotten really good at shredding the negative emotions to to get a better numbness, 
because uh, that's some of the moments you want to feel numbness. That's the purpose and utility of numbness is when instead of hurting. Numbness is not the end goal. Joy is the end goal because joy is better. <laughs> the better emotions are the end goal because they're better. Uh, and so, but numbness, of course, plays a role, a key, but one tiny little role and key, not the entirety of, of meditation. You see how some people who didn't understand what they were doing took the Asian stuff, some guilos, some ghost people took the Asian stuff and made numbness the, the key to, to meditation and then stripped away all the other methods and, and goals and, and spectrum of emotions and mindfulness and soulfulness and wisdom and and eudaimonia and benefit that I've been talking about and that I showed you on that cipher map and they just went for one little piece of it. That's how philosophies degrade. That's exactly what happens. Every philosopher has talked about it from Confucius to Plato, uh, from the Comitians, the ancient Egyptians before they were Egyptians talked about how this is what happens. You get, you get people who are uh, diligent students of a, of a discipline and they learn a certain level of art, science and technology. And that's the golden age. And, and, and they make it, they, they're so good at implementing it and they're so good at their political craft that they can implement it for everybody. Despite the constant warring human emotions of greed, power, whatever, lust, everything else that gets in the way, laziness, fear, everything else that gets in the way of making a utopia, a perfect political society, or as, a, as good as it gets, it never is a true utopia, of course. That's the funny thing about the word utopia. It's a Greek word. U means negation. Topia means place. The Greek word for utopia actually means no place. Not possible is what the Greek word actually means for utopia, which is interesting. Uh, but we can still make it better. That's for darn sure. So um, uh, that's and that's not what I love about the ancients. You know, they always had these interesting concepts that had a duality, yin-yang, the uh, the Chinese uh, the Mandarin word for crisis is Wei Tsi, which is both crisis in some interpretations means crisis and opportunity at the same time, right? Uh, and the uh, what what is ascribed to being a Chinese proverb, um, which or Chinese curse, which Wikipedia thinks is apocryphal, and they didn't actually say because they can't find it written in any written anywhere. That doesn't mean a Chinese person didn't say it. But uh, the, the Chinese curse, uh, may you live in interesting times, uh, or, or is it a blessing? Is it a blessing or a curse, right? It's sure, it's sure interesting to live right now with the stuff that's going on, but it's, I'm, I'm a little tired of winning, <laughs> to use the vernacular, if you know what I mean. So, um, so that's all very interesting. Anyway, so I don't want to get too far afield. So uh, tune the radio is the next step from Shred the Clouds. So you've become cognizant of your samadha. You now have some kind of uh, dimensionality control of your samadha. And you can now at will uh, 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 alter the dimensionality. Uh, and you're bringing other parts of your brain to bear on the emotional parts, on the amygdala limbic system and whatever else is involved, right? And the more parts of your brain uh, that you bring to bear, in my opinion, the better. And in my experience, the better. The more I move my hands, more brain... I think about it in musical terms, more brain. I talk about it, more brain. I'm feeling it, seeing it, smelling it. I'm every sensing it, more brain. The more brain I have shooting signals at the amygdala, hey, stop being dumb. Read aside, reappraise, 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 reappraise. Then hopefully that's going to work, right? Hopefully that's going to happen. 
And this is why I need an fMRI and a team of scientists to help me study this so we can make it perfect, right? I submit myself to empirical science. I beg for empirical science, and I will change my tune immediately when science proves or disproves any of my hypotheses, because that's what a true philosopher would do. Um, but for right now, we're just going to have to uh, work on common sense uh, tests. That's, that's the best we've got. I don't have... I don't have $100,000 US to buy an fMRI right now. Sorry, and I have nowhere to put it. <laughs> I have nowhere to run it. I don't have any licenses to do so. So this is sadly impossible right now. But um, uh, so tune the radio is the next step of, so you're changing your dimensionality. Tune the radio is now you're seeking your dimensionality. Now that you've got this bridge made between these dimensionality controlling parts of the brain and the emotional parts of the brain, it's literally like a dial. You can almost imagine it like a dial if you want. I've done that. And this is the exact technique I used plus spin, uh, plus leaf on the wind and, and spin the jar, uh, open the jar. Which has a very powerful calming me bit down technique. That's why I was at the top of the cipher map. It, it tends to bring me down, right? That's why I'm putting them in different places in the map. So I want to hopefully give people a, uh, a clue as to what techniques you should be using when. Okay, I'm feeling a little depressed and I'm a little this and a little that. Okay, use these techniques. Oh, I'm super anxious and I'm having a super panic attack right now, Josh. What do I do? Okay, don't use those techniques because they kind of bring you up. Use these techniques and they kind of bring you down and towards joy, right? Maybe this way? Is that the way? I can't, I can't tell this is backwards enough. So... That's what I'm trying to work on there, but it's a work in progress. So tune the radio, you can literally start scanning the dimensionality. You start to modify the dimensionality, and I'm doing it as I'm talking. Start to modify the dimensionality, you can start to feel, you can start making yourself feel things. It's quite, it's quite amazing. If you get good at it, you can just dial right into joy. And just sit and ride the endorphins, my friend. You don't need any drugs anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's it, I'm not that good at it. It's not that pronounced for me, but that's good. Drugs are too powerful for me. I don't like taking them. I don't like being high for 10 hours for some crazy reason. Um, uh, so it's very interesting. You can dial yourself into all different kinds of emotions. Sadly, you can make yourself sad. You can make yourself... You know, and this, there's some science behind this. You know, some scientists have said you can make yourself sad by being sad all the time and thinking sad thoughts. It's kind of the same thing, but now we're kind of attacking it from another uh, vantage or aspect. We've, we've, we've coerced other brain components to now try to control the other limbic components. And it's very interesting. You can move yourself in all different kinds of emotional directions once you get really good at inducing and reducing, inducing and and deleting and destroying and changing this, this uh, brain dimensionality that then controls emotional dimensionality, that the brain dimensionality components are controlling the emotional uh, uh, components. And if you practice the brain dimensionality components, there's, you will get effect of your emotional components. And it's great, it's fantastic. Ooh, I never stifle a yawn. And don't apologize for it either. Uh, yawning is a good thing. Yawn. If you need to yawn, good chance other people around you need to yawn too. It is a social mammal uh, calming mechanism. It works interspecies, amazingly enough, between dogs and I think probably cats with us as well. Uh, that's, 
another fascinating thing that we've evolved co uh, we've co-evolved uh, uh, brain hacking techniques between dogs and cats. That's amazing. So um, that's the lesson for today. It's a quick one. It's a short one. I hope that that tuned the radio. I just want you to know where you can go with it. Other than sitting and practicing it, there's not much more we can do. So if I try and tune the radio with you now, I can literally just dial myself into calm. I can just find that place and I can envision a, literally a dial, a radio dial, and I'm just turning it with my inner hand, so to speak. I can coerce uh, my hand like this. I feel it moving when I do this. I feel that. That's how much I've coerced. Because, of course, I'm a martial artist, so I'm used to doing hand stuff and whatnot. Uh, hitting the mic. Um, you know, any carpenter, anyone who works with their hands, any human being, really, it's, you've been using these meat clamps your entire life, right? These sandwich clamps, as my old uh, sergeant in the military used to tell me. Well, not that I was in the military, but I trained with them, martial arts with them. Uh, Special Forces and uh, Canadian uh, Princess Patricia, was that? I can't remember. My apologies to Canada and her armed forces for getting that wrong. Um, so you can you can use your hands if, if you want, turning a dial. You can just imagine the dial. Ooh, oh, so good. I almost imagine like I'm affecting the clouds in a skyscape, but in this 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 dimensionality of abstract forms that move and bubble around that I feel, see, slash, imagine. And this, I changed the configuration of it. It gives me different emotions. It's it's uh, it's a trip, man. So, um, and it's real. I invite you to try it. Uh, the more you practice it, the better at it you'll be. So it has to start with spin the clouds. You have to start with uh, noticing your samadha, calming down, noticing your samadha. Normally you got to do this in a calm, uh, quiet place, but you can do this under stress as well when you get good at it. As I've had, I told the story about my, my mother who died. I was bedside with her. She was committing a doctor-assisted suicide because uh, her leukemia was too painful for her to bear anymore. And uh, I was bedside with her for that. And uh, I was, these are the techniques I used to keep myself cognate, co uh, cogent and there and present and uh, emotionally neutral and uh, able to be there with her uh, in the moment of her, of her passing, which seemed to me like the right thing to do at the time. Uh, my various uh, clinical diagnoses notwithstanding of how unhealthy uh, stressful situations would be for me in general, never mind this one in particular. But that is, that's that. Uh, so, uh, but it, it, it's real, it works. Um, and you should practice it. You should make it better, and it could be a very good component. It's part of a healthy diet, <laughs> so to speak. And so practice that. Let me know how it goes for you. Um, uh, just so you know, uh, a couple of announcements. So we have app.meditationassistant.com. That's working. I want everyone to listen to try it. It's free. It, uh, it's not. It's not weird. It's free. It's not going to ask for your credit card. It's not. There's no. There's no bait and switch here, guys. Uh, at least not at this time. I, I might. I might get off my lazy butt and put a PayPal component to it later. Take advantage of it now, and this is the end of May uh, 2020. Take advantage of it now where you know it's completely free. I need people to beta test it and use it. Please beta test it and use it. Uh, 
Because next week, I want to talk about something in there. So I'll show it a bit. And then I want to show a very powerful method that came out of using it that I never even knew of before or heard of before. Uh, and it's so powerful and good. I've used it to control all my anxiety in the last month. Alone, really. I yawn just thinking about it. So, so um, I want to show that next week. So, guys, it is powerful. It takes all those things I showed you on the, most of those things I showed you on the Cypher map and it incorporates it in an organic way without preaching to you. Um, uh, I, I think you will find it's revolutionary. So go ahead, please use it. Um, uh, also, I've started another podcast. Uh, if you like my more philosophy of what I'm doing, but you, you know, find philosophy boring, whatever, I started a podcast called The Comic Versus The Philosopher, Comic Versus Philosopher. Um, you can, uh, I'll probably put a link to it. Uh, they're not published yet. I've been on two episodes, but you might like to watch that. Uh, so thanks very much for watching and I hope everyone is in good health and have fun tuning the radio and we'll see you next time.